in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So, on this episode of the Paracast, kind of a shop talk episode, we've got Mark Jackson, sometimes known as TDSR, in the forums. And he's joining us again from his secret lair somewhere in Texas, near the border. Uh, not near the border. Um, actually, I'm, I'm holed up here in Austin, Texas, but there's plenty of, of weird to go around here in Austin for everything. Well, there you go. Okay, last week we had an episode featuring a fellow named Yovov Gad, and he started a new website or something that's been around for a short while called ufotoday.com, and I don't know how he got that domain and why nobody else saw it to get one. I mean, I've got one called MacRadio.net that I've been after for about a decade now, and I got a hold of that. So, you know, things happen. Now, as I said, Yovab is a neophyte. And I think one of the reasons, the key reasons that Randall wanted to have him on is we need a new generation of UFO researchers. This guy appears to be trying. Let's just see what he knows, what he can do. We didn't know until he came on the show that he was a Raelian. I don't know if you can call Raelian a religion or a cult or what. It's it's a religion. It's actually, they registered it here in Canada. It's officially recognized as a religion. Okay, so it was interesting to have him on, but he didn't seem to have anything illuminating about it. Now, we have a thread in our forums at forum.theparacast.com for each and every episode. We also have a separate one for the After the Paracast episodes for those of you who are members of the Paracast Plus. Now, over the last year or two, we have never seen so much reaction to an episode as this one. More people reacted to Yovab's appearance than anyone else. I mean, dozens of messages, mostly negative about him. Maybe we shouldn't have brought him on. But you have to realize that when you bring on a guest, sometimes if the guest hasn't been on before, you're taking a chance on someone. We took a chance on this guy. And Yovev did not, maybe it didn't turn out to be what we expected. But sometimes you learn something from that. And I think we did. But it was just so interesting to see the kind of reaction we got and the fact that more people responded to it than the episodes we've had with Nick Redfern, the episodes we've had with Chris Rutkowski and other people. Isn't that interesting? So is it that people enjoy the train wreck? What do you think, Mark? Uh, from my perspective, uh, there were a couple of things that stood out about that dust-up. One was a, a missed opportunity, um, and the other one, I think, was just more coincidental. So let me start with the opportunity. In the forum, there was a particular uh, contributor that wanted to know where the hard science was. And they, if, and I'm paraphrasing here, and correct me, Randall and Gene, but essentially they felt like the Paracast was getting away from um, substance and, and more of a scientific approach um, to the field. The missed opportunity in that was we had a chance to promote Chris O'Brien, who represents not only years in the Paracast, but also a project that's more... Um, robust, aggressive, whatever word you want to use in recent years taking place currently today. So the missed opportunity, at least for me, 
as a you know listener and contributor to the Paracast was to bring up the San Luis um, data acquisition project. So there's nothing more scientific occurring today in the field of ufology than what Chris is doing out there. So that was a missed opportunity. I, I agree that- with that, but we've done a lot of episodes with Chris talking about his plans. And when he's ready, we'll be happy to bring him back on and give us a progress report. So it's been covered rather extensively. Yeah, actually, I uh, sent Chris an email not long ago and uh, asking how he's doing and how his new show is coming along. And, uh, you know, if you'd like to come back on the show as a guest, and I haven't even got a response back. So, mm, you know, maybe he's just really busy. I hope he's doing okay. But you're absolutely right, though, Mark. That is a fabulous project that he's got on the go. He's been at it for quite a while, but it's serious. You know, so... You know, I don't know if I would call it so much a missed opportunity as an example of another opportunity that we should cover from time to time. Well, in particular for that forum contributor, they were unaware of that project. And after listening to it, I was, you know, I was just thinking to myself, man, here's Chris probably in the background jumping up and down going, man, you guys are just dropping the ball here. So anyway, that that's just a, um, a contrib- you know, so that's the, that's what I call a missed opportunity was a chance to promote current, ongoing, robust, scientific-driven approaches to data acquisition, and Chris has named that aptly, um, appropriately, et cetera. I think that the confusion, or I mean, the coincidence of the issue was here we have a person that's checking back in on the ufology community and this coming back into this lane after 20 years, and they had a lot of, um, uh, they had a lot of, anticipation potentially about what the progress has been since they looked in in 20 years, et cetera. So that sort of morphed into a conversation about the quality of guests on the Paracast. And, you know, and so, and then everything just started rolling from there. But I'd I'd look to you, Randall, for example, to try to have you uh, describe, you know, how the powder keg got lit here. Well, I think it's just a tendency in general terms, um, for people to be able to criticize much easier than to provide constructive commentary. Uh, as I mentioned in the forums, uh, I think it's really cool that the internet exists because it levels the playing field for people who aren't necessarily people who are on the A-list for all the UFO lecture circuit. We can get people like yourself right off the forum. We can get other people who haven't been heard that often, and we can get new guests they don't all have to be from the top of the pyramid so to speak i really like that we can get people who are less well known and give them a a chance to tell people about what they're doing and then maybe see how they're doing in five years and then we could look back at it and go hey remember when we had yovav on five years ago you know where is he now and to me it's there's just much more positive ways to be able to comment on things and I guess maybe that takes a little bit more work, but I, I believe that there are two sides to that story. And it just so happens that we had not a lot of people who wanted to take a more positive approach to it. And I think that's unfortunate, really, in a way. Well, there's a lot of expectation management that has to occur both on an individual level when you're talking about all things 14, let alone, you know, extraterrestrial presence. It's- Etc. But there's also expectation management, I think, in the way that you roll out some of the content. And I think that the the long view subscribers to the Paracast understand the larger arc. 
simply because of the archives gene of your program through the years. Um, thinking about you know the forum dust up and this this idea that maybe um, the pair cast is I think someone in the, you know used scraping the bottom of the barrel in ufology. I just think that couldn't be further from the truth. Um, I I have a personal uh, philosophy of approaching ufology that I actually pulled from a Tim Beckley interview in 2015. And Tim Beckley has this, and Gene, you guys go way back, and he has this philosophy that's called the treetop level down on looking at UFO phenomena. Um, and I, you know, so going back to that episode, I think that was in May of 2015, you know, and, and the forum contributors did, did recognize this eventually. And they said, yes, if you go back, you see the diversity in the Paracast um, content, interviewers, et cetera. Um, that being said, Randall, you are hitting it on the head because I myself felt marginalized in this um, in the ufology community simply because I didn't have a platform and I'm out there doing my own research, my own work. You know, I'm compiling notes. Maybe it'll drive into a, a book someday or something to that effect. But there are uh, so many people um, out there today that are not only interested in this, but are doing things and they simply don't have the platform. We got more to come. Mark Jackson, Gene Steinberg, Jay, Randall Murphy, you're in the Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Marijuana has unleashed a green gold rush across our nation. It's creating $10.8 billion in new wealth a year. And every day, it's transforming more and more Americans into millionaires. In an historic event, former Speaker of the House John Boehner reveals how you could become one of them. Join him online for the American Cannabis Summit. Attendance is 100% free, but space is limited. To secure your spot, text JOIN to 76280. This event is the first of its kind ever. John Boehner and an esteemed panel will reveal which cannabis stocks are primed to deliver life-changing windfalls in the weeks and months ahead. Plus, they will show you how to become a cannabis angel investor, backing the hottest startups before they potentially become worth billions of dollars. To join American Cannabis Summit, text JOIN to 76280. Attendance is free. Text JOIN to 76280. Text JOIN to 76280. 
Do you feel like many of us? All the distractions in the world taking our minds and focus off what really needs to get done day to day? Well, Jeunesse has a dietary supplement called Mind to help with mental distraction and it supports memory function. Go to GCNLife.com now to check it out. You're only at your best when your mind is at its best. Go to GCNLife.com or call toll free 844-443-6637. That's GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Heart-related health problems affect millions of people each year. Maybe you're one of the many who suffer from issues related to angina pain, high blood pressure, congestive heart failure, unbalanced cholesterol, irregular heartbeat, or clogged arteries. There is a solution that doesn't involve expensive prescription drugs that only mask the problem and leave you with horrible side effects. If you are ready to live your life free of sickness, pain, and fear, live your life with increased vitality, energy, and youthfulness, and experience your body healing itself, then you're ready for heart and body extract from Healthy Hearts Club. Here is what one satisfied customer had to say about heart and body extract regarding his angina pain. I haven't had an angina pain since I've been on it. The heart body extract is just so great. I thank God that I was led to this product that's doing so much for me and that can do so much for other people. Call to order your two-month supply of heart and body extract today. Call 1-866-295-5305 or go to hbextract.com. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNLife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNLife.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So what Mark Jackson is telling us here, of course, there are a lot of people laboring, a lot of journeymen, UFO researchers, Fortean researchers, doing their thing, but unless they have that book out or the magazine article in 40 End Times or something, we never know what they do. When they come out with the book, we call them. I mean, we've had people who've written books like Mark O'Connell, who wrote the book, The Biography of J. Allen Hynek. We never heard of him before that, or Robbie Graham. These are people who just happen to have produced something that put them in the public eye. And if you don't do that, you go under the radar. And I mean, there are other people who go on, like Burnt Estate in our forums, Robert Brandstetter. He's been on, what, Greg Bishop's Radio Mysterioso show. So he's gone on to become more recognized in the research community, but he started in our forums. And I think Mark has a lot of incredible potential, which is why we brought him back on. And once his website is up and rolling in the things he's doing, he's going to be part of that new generation of researchers that we have to pay attention to. So I think in part, we are star makers here on the PowerCast. We've brought people through the years that maybe you never heard of, but suddenly they become something that you should hear about. They can't all be lecturers. They can't all be like Alejandro Rojas writers and sponsors of ufo conventions 
things like that. Exactly. If we go back to even the early days of the Paracast with Biedney, another fabulous interviewer, and his time on the Paracast is, it's classic. But where is he now? Once he was gone, he, he did, I think, a gig called Angry Human, which was, yeah, it was entertaining to some extent, but we don't hear much from him anymore. And Chris, fabulous. What's he doing now? Yeah, we know that he's out there doing his work. And I really think he needed to evolve and get the freedom he needed to really pursue things in his own way. But, you know, he's moved on from the show and we hope to have him back. You know, I seem to recall, Mark, that not everybody had positive comments to say about when we had you on last. And it's just that people can really be kind of, uh, well, I guess, for lack of a better term, almost cruel here in the in the field to some extent, you've got to have a pretty thick skin to stick it out and be able to to contribute when you get into public forums and into the light, so to say, you know, when people shine a light on you, because when they shine a light on you, they're going to see every little blemish and problem, you know, just like if you were on a great big screen TV, you know, that's just how it is. And they'll pick on it. Yeah, so let me start with a bit of housekeeping now that you reminded me about our last episode. And Gene, I I messaged you about this, but really quickly, I made a very big mistake. Gene, you asked me last episode I was on about when we thought there would be no trace of the modern society on the planet. I said 500 years. That was off by an order of magnitude. I'm not sure why I was nervous and said that. The more appropriate answer is 5,000 years is what I meant to say. So moving forward out of that correction that I've been waiting to make, what I would pose is imagine entering ufology today in the modern internet age. How do you even get your bearing? Okay, so if this person's checking back in after 20 years, they're now going online, you know, they're getting exposed to all of these opinions, and that's it. So what we have now is a saturated internet full of opinions and stories that are are very, they're not grounded in anything. So the shows like the Paracast, where you can go back, and oh, by the way, it's free, you can really get caught up on what, what ufology started out as, for example. Now, I'll bring up the conversation with Tim Beckley again um, that may interview Gene, but what I would call that episode is an episode about ufology and not about UFOs. That, to me, as a listener, gives me the bearing that I need you know, to potentially navigate all this crap that you see in the internet today. Um, I know when I was first looking into which cases I was interested in, how I would approach um, validating them, you know, what would be of interest to other people, et cetera, you know, I listened to many, many years worth of the show to try to, to try to get that bearing. For me, I've ended up, like I mentioned, um, the treetop level down. I'm not interested in lights off in the distance in, in the least bit, which is why, you know, I'm investigating um, personal encounters and more specifically uh, conflict between potential alien entities and people, people shooting aliens. And so that's just the entry point that for my intellect is going to give me the biggest return. But having that background where, you know, we're talking about the UFO reporter, the interplanetary news service report, you know, Jim Mosley's contribution to all of that. This is in a time in the heyday of ufology, Gene, where you guys were literally had access to government programs and government people like Major Kehoe, Richard Hall, Roscoe Hillencotter, you know, the list goes on. We don't have that today. We are so many... Uh, degrees removed from where the rubber hits the road in ufology that you kind of start out on your own in the dark, so to speak. And then once you find an angle, you start plowing into it. If you go that far, 
you're much more than a spectator at that point. You've, you've now fostered a passion. So I applaud the Paracast. I applaud the forum contributors. I wish there would be more of it. In fact, Randall, I remember a number of weeks ago, I said, hey, what's up with the forum? It's pretty quiet. And you just said, hey, people have moved on to the internet, et cetera. And, and I hope that's not the case because even though it was a bit of a negative forum exchange here after Yvonne, um, I think a lot of good came out of it. In fact, I think we had the person that was being most critical kind of did a 180 by the end of that. So, so that's the value of your forum. And Randall, you always do a great job mediating that, mediating that. But anyway, so there's a little bit of perspective on entering into ufology today. You know, I want to just bring up one thing about the forum. And I never like to get into this kind of thing, but it really happened. Somebody running another forum that shall not be named came here and they joined the forum and sent instant messages, or we call it personal conversations, to regular participants, inviting them to leave this forum and join the other forum. And I think that's a little bit dirty pool. It's like trying to poach. I mean, you can go to any forum you want. We have no hold on anyone. I just thought it wasn't a really nice thing to do. And then they have a certain thread that we won't discuss, which contains what we'd regard as hate material. And that's all I'll say about that. But we can see the point. In terms of messaging, there are so many options to express your point of view that a simple forum is only one of many. You have Facebook Messenger. You have other people who don't even use Facebook Messenger. They use WhatsApp or Apple's messages. And the problem with all these is each one is incompatible with the other. With the forum, of course, anyone who joins the forum can participate. They don't have to have a compatibility issue because a forum with current software will work on Mac, Windows, iOS, Android, the popular platforms, without any exception. And therefore, anyone can participate. But then you have all these exclusive platforms that have their own participants. And how many forums or areas can people participate in where before it gets crazy? The other thing is, as with any forum, people get tired of the chatter and they leave. And they come back a year later or five years later and refresh because it can be tiresome. We've got more to come. We're not going to be tiresome. Mark Jackson, Gene, and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I help thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists, get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com.
For USA Radio News, I'm Wendy King. It's day 22 for the partial government shutdown. Federal workers got pay stubs, but they were printed with zeros. Chris Cabrera, a spokesperson for the National Border Patrol Council, says besides lack of pay, this is what really bothers border agents and federal employees that are working without compensation. The shutdown was announced on the 22nd and Congress went on vacation till the 27th. And then they're off this weekend while our guys and there's many 800,000 people across the United States that are either furloughed or working with no pay while these guys are enjoying vacation and getting paid for it. Illinois Republican Congressman Adam Kinzinger says he's also disgusted with the way politicians are handling the situation. Pox on both the Republicans and Democratic houses. Everybody hates both of us, but we want them to hate the other side a little bit more. You're listening to USA Radio News. Hey travelers, do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call, because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. Our prices are too low to publish online. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping. So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find ridiculously low prices for you. Call SmartFares today and get the best price on your next flight. Guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first-class tickets. 800-871-3291. 800-871-3291. Again, that's 800-871-3291. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-301-5435. That's 800-301-5435. 800-301-5435. Hey, this is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So, Randall, I guess you want to say something after that, and we'll go back with Mark. Go ahead. Oh, I was just listening. Uh, You know, I think you guys both make excellent points there. I know I was out of it for a number of years myself, just because I'd gone through pretty much all of the information at one point that was relevant to me. And like, I mean, literally dozens of different books and, you know, years of talking to people. And I just, it just sort of faded into the background until one day at work, I was doing landscaping actually. And uh, one of the guys I was working with, he was a fellow musician. He says, you know, do you believe in UFOs? And I said, 
doesn't everybody pretty much? And he just kind of laughed because some friend of his had brought it up and he had rather offhandedly dismissed it until he started talking to me about it. And then within a week or two, he did some research on his own. He found out about MUFON and did a little bit more digging and realized, like we all do once we get into the field, that it's a lot deeper and not just trivial than people might tend to think. Well, I think that the examples for, you know, earlier I was bringing up, uh, you know, Gene, your interaction with the NICAP folks, et cetera, we, there, you just don't have that kind of access today. And I, I think that's a really big point that people are so far removed uh, for, from all this. But anyway, I digress somewhat. I just wanted to reiterate that point that, you know, where we start today is so far from you know, actually being able to speak to the key hosts of the world, et cetera. Well, also the skirmishes and the posturing and the feuds of the old days. I mean, they still have that kind of stuff going on nowadays. Yeah, but nowadays it takes all place in, you know, in the forums and you know, on Twitter and on Facebook. The arena for it's been watered down a lot. Well, that's true. I mean, in those days, you only learned that there was an argument over NICAP if you read certain publications. You didn't have an internet where you, anybody could find it. It would be, do you subscribe to Saucer News? Do you subscribe to Flying Saucers Magazine by Ray Palmer? That was the sum total of, of the publicity generated when Richard Hall had his hissy fit. I mean, we've heard about politicians who have hissy fits, and we won't get into who they are. But he got mad because he was angry, I think, at Jim Mosley. But he understood as he got older that that wasn't the attitude to take. It's time to let bygones be bygones, and he went on. And he did a lot of really credible work. But nobody outside of that circle would know anything because an ICAP newsletter had nothing about it. So only a few thousand people did. Today, anything you do, if you cough too loudly, it's online. You breathe too loudly, it's online. If you have a problem, it's online and exaggerated. If you do something good, it could be something where you're praised beyond what you might deserve, but then again, you're criticized beyond what you might deserve. A lot of excess right. is on there. I mean, like what somebody was saying, you don't have to worry about the NSA or the CIA you know, spying on you because they can just go to your Twitter and Facebook and find out everything they need. And uh, yeah, if I recall correctly, I believe that uh, Facebook was even funded in part. This is part of the, you know, okay, conspiracy theory of Facebook in part by the National Security Service or agencies that are in there, including, I think, the NSA. We sure really helped the NSA. And remember also that a company like Facebook, a company like Google, they grab a lot of information that they don't sell to other people, they share with their partners. So a lot of people know things about you that you wouldn't want them to know because your participation online makes you a target. Oh, yeah. I've heard of uh, now that employers are actually looking up people's Facebook pages to see if there's anything on there that might be embarrassing for them before they hire people. It's, I think in a way, it's really gotten out of hand. And it's become really easy, like I said at the start of the show, to be a critic. 
as opposed to someone who looks for positive, constructive solutions and ideas that people can put into action. It's like, okay, fine. If you don't like that, come up with something better. Give us some yeah, better I, ideas. Thinking, you know, that's the beauty of the pre-internet ufology was there was this natural natural filtering process. Maybe that's not the right way to put it, but you had to have a genuine interest in the topic to make your way to the bookstore, to finish a book. While you're reading that book, it has footnotes. So your, your, your breadcrumbs are getting laid down as you move forward in ufology. You know, t- today we don't have that pre-filtering phenomena where, you know, only the most serious people will make it to the point where they're selling zines and exchanging zines with other folks, or they're going to, to conferences and they're starting relationships with people that are actually involved with these government programs, et cetera. There just isn't that pre-filtering today. And again, I just, I, I keep coming back to the amount of opinion driven content that's on the internet. Um, it just makes you want to turn, it just makes you want to turn it off. At least it makes me want to turn it off. It, it, again, just, just another point about the, the kind of the golden days ufology and how that, just the way the system was set up, how produce such good material. So I guess on one hand, I concede that I could see where people are confused today. A lot of opinion, you know, people know everything about you to be able to pick you apart. Yeah. You know, et cetera. But uh, how that ties in, Randall, I'll let you continue from there. Well, you don't just want to turn it off. I mean, I, I can, I can see how you could say that just from a, you know, sort of an offhanded opinion, but in reality, you're not turning it off. You're actually doing something constructive. You're getting out here, you're making your uh, your personal opinions known, and you're even starting your own site, uh, I'm assuming, with the intent to improve the landscape as opposed to just add more litter to it. Maybe tell us a little bit more about how you think you're going to do that or would like to do that. What's What's your plan? So it's very interesting. The Yvonne in the forum incident the last couple of weeks has made me really, I'm literally going through the motions of setting up the website for the podcast, you know, last couple of weeks. And so this has been on my mind. And ironically, that forum exchange has influenced me even further than just the exchange in the forums. I've literally now have a new theme for my podcast. Um, And what I'm going to do is provide a forum for amateurs to come on my show and tell their stories, tell us about their research. So I I pivoted originally, and now I believe that the way I'm gonna launch this is an amateur forum, I mean, a platform where people can get on and you know hopefully tell their stories, what their research is, et cetera. So it's, it's, uh, I find that a wonderful coincidence actually, because um, I I literally have been rethinking about how to launch this podcast. Um, So the name of it is the deepspacepod.com. And there's just uh, some infrastructure there that you can look at today um, uh, on that podcast where I would like to start just because it's my personal um, you know, passion about this project or about ufology is starting with the idea of these, you know, finding the cases where people interact with humans and there's some sort of violence that ensues. And I think another big part of that, Randall, is actually uh, um, your influence on me recently. And I'll be more specific. On the show, you you uh, bring up every so often the Jodie Foster contact movie thought experiment, and that is you know this idea that you know aliens were so different from us that we wouldn't be able to handle their form. And you say yes, she could. They were making it more difficult than it needed to be, et cetera. So how do I tie this all together? For me, 
Um, there's two types of people. There's a type of person that if you have a gun, you see an alien, you'll shoot it. First thing you do. <laughs> On the other habit, there's all the other people then that would be, I'm not so sure if mature, advanced, um, have enough background information, et cetera, would say, wow, I'm having an encounter here. The last thing in the world I would want to do is, you know, perpetuate violence onto these, these entities or these beings, et cetera. Talk about the treatment of a possible alien. And I remember in the movie, The Day the Earth Stood Still, the original one. Mark, Gene, Randall, you're in. The Paradise. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. The United States of Empire is a book that claims the United States is the empire of the world. George Washington had warned us against foreign wars. The United States of Empire shows that World Wars I and II left England broken. Its former colony, the U.S., had to save the empire. Was there ever a vote? Who do we fight for? The deep state began with World War I. The United States of Empire by James Dunn. Available at Amazon Books. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. 
You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. (laughs) I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give Federal Tax Management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the Federal Tax Management Hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. By now, you know that wireless technology like cell phones do, in fact, pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockItPocket.com offers quality, American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockItPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockItPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. This is Kurt Southern, the author of UFO Mysteries, and you're listening to the Paracast. When you were talking, Mark Jackson, you brought to mind the opening scenes of the day the Earth stood still, where the spaceship with Klaatu and the robot Gort aboard lands in this area, this park area, and the military surrounds it, and Klaatu comes out wearing his helmet. I don't know why he was wearing his helmet if he could breathe Earth's atmosphere. That had no logical basis for it, but all right. We'll grant that it's a plot device. And he reaches to get something. And the, one of the soldiers panics and thinks he's got a gun or something. You know, this is kind of what you see on police procedurals where a police officer will get too excited and think that the alleged perp has a gun. So he fires and wounds Klaatu. And you see how Gord responds. And the thought I had here is that if somebody accidentally fired on E.T., and we've had cases where they've done that. There was a book out there called Shoot Him Down that had stories about that. Wouldn't there be the danger that a superior race with superior weaponry would fight back, or would they just tolerate it, knowing, well, the stupid earthlings have no better capability than to fire at something they do not understand well and they actually do that at least according to rupelt he opens his book with an account exactly of that where air force base in the united states uh, they pick up a ufo on radar they send up two jets they uh, attempt to find it because in those days at that particular base it didn't have the height finding feature on the radar so they weren't sure exactly what altitude it was so they sent interceptors up to two different altitudes one of the pilots sees a flash down below and goes into a dive these were f-86s i believe back in the day and those are a transonic jet interceptor which means that they could get up to around the speed of sound even break it but not much more and he's just approaching the speed of sound in one of these old jet fighters in a dive, comes up on it on what they call the deck. So we're talking about really close to the ground now, is gaining on it, sees it in the daytime, and it starts to pull away. We're talking about a classic saucer, just 
described, I think, by the pilot, sort of like as a as a donut shaped craft with a, some kind of a portion in the middle. Because it's getting away from him, what does he do? He opens fire. Now, that's coming straight out of the U.S. Air Force from the head of the person who was in charge of the of Project Blue Book. So, okay, I mean, there's some evidence. Yeah, we are hostile towards them. Well, uh, Randall, I even am zooming in even further. So my focus is literally face-to-face encounters. And there's very rare cases where people are startled, you know, et cetera, and they decide to actually raise a firearm. There's something in that. But, but more importantly, and I brought this up on their last show. So we'll take the tap in North Dakota case. This is a young man, as I described, where he went out. And just to reiterate quickly for the audience that may not have heard this. So this is in 2006. He goes outside around midnight. And there's three what appears to be aliens stealing this very loud, large, sour pig from their from their uh, corral. You know, the lights go on. He shoots one of them. And I mentioned this in the last program. What was very odd about that is that the he struck one of them with a shot, a 22 caliber pistol. OK, the other two bow to him as to say, hey, we, we don't you know, you jump the gun, so to speak. Literally, we're not here to hurt you. We need your pig for whatever reason. We could negotiate this, blah, blah. But he but he was a young man and he fired him. No. To follow up on that story, to give you guys a, a little bit of a progress on my end. So what I've done is I've started searching all the hospital records around that area of North Dakota in the small towns to see if there was any accounts or any records of a 22 caliber gunshot wound in, around that same, maybe let's call it three-day period. So I'm getting to the bottom of that. Ironically, on that same case, and I'll digress a little bit. I think the, the viewers will appreciate a little content here um, in research. And that is, I found out that the police in that county of North Dakota actually put out an APB on the pig. So what I'm trying to do is track down all of the APB records because that goes into the filing system, et cetera. So I'm in the the motions right now to see how far this APB on this pig went out. It's a very bizarre twist um, to that particular case. Now, in that vein, I also came across another case, uh, November 1961. This is the Paul Miller case. So Paul Miller and three of his buddies are on their way home after hunting, and they find something in the field they consider to be like a glowing silo is the way that's described. So at first, they believe this is an airplane crash. So they approach it. As they're approaching it, they see two humanoids. And of course, being guys with their guns, they get out of the craft, these, these two humanoids, and this Paul Miller shoots one of them. You know, again, another curious detail that i'm still trying to trying to figure out what this means the other being bows again to us as saying i mean you no harm you shot us before we could even get a message out to you sort of thing so it's the behavior or it's the interaction between these entities and these people in this high stress environment where it seems like the um extraterrestrials or you know supposed extraterrestrials they were the pacifists and they were the ones that were being harmed so uh, it's just another very interesting case. And oh, by the way, where did that case take place? Just outside of Minot, North Dakota, as we talked about in the last story. So we, here we have two cases, 1961 and 2006, where the good folks of rural North Dakota shoot first. <laughs> you know, going back to the Jody Foster thing, these are people that just simply, you know, respond violently or there's some sort of breakdown in their mind when they come across this chapel perilous moment, just, just to quote Robert Anton Wilson there for a moment. So anyway. So I'm looking into that case as well. So what do I do next? So I call the Minot Public Library, and there's two gals there that work. You can hire them for about $30 an hour to go through all the microfilm. 
So currently underway this week, I have a team of librarians in the rural community out there looking for, you know, the potential newspaper, you know, write-ups about this 1961 case. So you don't actually have to be present to do a lot of the research as long as you dig far enough in to know what resources are available to you. Think about the students getting 30 bucks an hour. Yes, certainly for a student who's struggling possibly to pay their college tuition and dormitory is a godsend, really, because the best they could do is maybe normally a student will go to a fast food place and get a little over a minimum wage or something or work at a Walmart or something. So you were a very generous employer there. I encourage folks to uh, do the same. If they have stories that they're tracking, those resources are out there. You just have to be familiar with how the system works. But there's a great deal of research that you can do for a minimal amount of money um, you know, to help you move forward in your path down ufology, for example. You know, I called the, uh, the State Museum, which also has a Hall of Records, et cetera. They were less enthusiastic about doing the research. So on the more of a county level in the city newspapers, uh, this team of gals over there was very enthusiastic about the task. And I feel like I'm going to get a great deal of quality research for $30 out of them, $30, $60, whatever it ends up being. So um, there is a little bit about who's on the other end of the phone call. But in this particular case, I'm working with a, a pretty good team at the moment. That's fabulous. What about the reception that you get from the local authorities or, or do you contact them directly to look in their archives? Like say the, the police station, do you call them and say, Hey, you know, I've got some questions about a case. Can I come down and examine your files or do they all end up in the city archives somewhere? Well, for the, so for example, on the hospital records on the 22 gunshot wound somewhere in the summer of 2006, you know, I have a date that I set out there. And I'm trying to be more, um, bring up less about the Breeze family just out of uh, their confidentiality. But, um, you know, that's, that's medical records. And so I'm working with a gal at a local uh, hospital there outside of Bismarck. And then, you know, we also have um, the APB out on the pig. So what I did is I called the county and I wanted to know who was the sheriff at the time. He's no longer the sheriff in that particular county, but they're getting a message through to him. So my intent is to follow up with him, get a phone interview to see what road the authorities went down after this particular incident. Now, for me, after speaking to them firsthand and then knowing um, that there was enough going on that evening where the authorities were so desperate, they want to put an APB out on a pig. Okay, this is in an ironic way that's lending a lot of credence to what's happening here and the validity of it. You know, um, short of any other action, that's the only thing they could think of in the moment. So those are decisions that are being made on the ground between some very serious people. And I think that that's why I'm trying to pursue that to see if anything ever became. Um, now, if you read the rest of the story, these things had hook for hands. And it sounds to me like they just had bacon that night. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what the, the sheriff can come up with. Well, that sounds really interesting. We're going to focus more. On what Mark Jackson has told us. I mean, this guy has done a lot of research that's not getting the attention it deserves. Mark, Gene, and Randall, you're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today.
Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Pain in my neck, back, and shoulders has really gotten worse. Relief for body pain is here with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Well, the last thing I want is to take another pill, so what's so good about Sunny Bay Heating Pads? Sunny Bay Heating Pads, made by Biomed DB Design right here in the USA, come in all sizes. Our extra-large microwavable heating pad for back pain is designed to be large enough to cover your entire back. It's also perfect to wrap around your legs, knees, or shoulder and neck. But I need to know they're good quality. Of course, Sunny Bay heating pads and pillows are often an Amazon choice and it's easy and most affordable when you purchase your Sunny Bay heating pads right from our website sunshinepillows.com or call us 253-678-1361 Hey, a Sunny Bay heating pad would make a great gift, right? Yes, and they start at just $19.99 and free shipping is available so call 253-678-1361 or shop for your Sunny Bay heating pad at sunshinepillows.com Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. In response to the information about all the research that Mark is doing, Randall had a response. Go ahead, please. Great. I was just going to ask, uh, you know, how often do you plan on airing a show or doing a show? Well, ideally, I'd be doing it once a week. Um, you know, it's interesting, this podcasting community. And, and again, just to go down the nostalgic road a little bit, Gene, I, for some reason, and I could be totally off, of course, but the current podcasting phenomena and the way that podcasters are promoting each other's shows on each of their platforms, it's this self-reinforcing thing. It, there's a wonderful thing happening in podcasts right now and the way that there's room for everybody, so to speak. You know, I think about the early days when you guys were exchanging your zines and promoting each other's, uh, you know, magazines and your periodicals, et cetera, Gene. That's very much what's happening in podcasts today. I listen to podcasts quite frequently because I multitask and, you know, you need to get your information or whatever you want to call it as you're doing other things. And podcasts are unique in that way. I'll just throw a few names out there and how I stay balanced in my approach to ufology and all things paranormal. You know, I track the Solari report with Catherine Austin Fitz, who's very good about the government's involvement in black budget. Joseph Farrell, of course, at the Giza Death Star and his ability to find esoteric um, history and connect some of those nodes. And then we have, for example, Micah Hanks, who's a little bit more into 
archaeology and he's a little bit more of a skeptic. He gives a good balance to the field. And then Greg Carlwood at the, the higher side chats. I mean, here's someone that's not afraid of having anyone on his program. And so in totality, then what's offered to you today is a very good cross section of what's interesting to the general public. But then also it'll help you navigate where your niche is in there and how can you support some of these other podcasts and people's shows. So ideally, Randall, I would like to have uh, one a week, very early on. I'm still in the phase of generating content and guests, et cetera. But like you guys, I, there's enough here where I could see sustaining a once a week program. Well, yeah, I guess if you've got uh, people who are coming in who are new and willing to come on the show, um, the reason I asked is because the level of research that you're doing and you're even putting your own resources into it, not everybody can afford to do that. I mean, $30 an hour might not seem like a lot to some people, but it would be a lot for me to even have to pay somebody even for a few hours a week on a continuous basis to help dig up information. And then you got to put it all together. So this is fabulous, but I, I can see those kinds of efforts actually taking longer than a week to bear fruit kind of thing. So, um, Well, you take guests on and you speak about what they're passionate about. You know, and so you take a break from your own research and you just simply, as I described earlier about the way I've reapproached this after the Yvonne thread issue is that I would like to make it more of a forum for other people such as myself or yourselves to come on and, and tell your story and tell what you're into, et cetera. So I think a good part of the content has to be about propelling ufology forward by getting new interests going. And there's a lot of interest out there. So many people I talk to every single week are so into this stuff. You know, and they're they're dying for new content. They love it. You know, it's where we're at with the internet. It's where we're at with Hollywood. All these sort of things. I mean, UFOs are a big deal, big deal. UFOs. So I'm trying to drill down into something much more meaningful. So anyway, the point is, is we'll get other people's perspectives, content, etc., and hopefully that'll be a platform for a lot of other folks as well. In fact, I think that on the podcast, if you go to deepspacepod.com, you'll see that. My opening statement is beyond light and deep within the void. We can hear you. And, you know, that's going to be my approach to this podcast. I like it. Thank you. But then, you know, how many people out there, though, are, in your opinion, exploiting the subject? I mean, all you have to do is put UFO in one of your headlines and you're going to be pretty much guaranteed a certain amount of traffic. You know, so we, so we see, say, for example, like on the Express, rise in mysterious TR-3B UFO sightings sparks panic in capital letters over top secret U.S. military plans. I think that UFOs, in terms of seeing something far off in the distance, is what most people think of when they think about ufology. And there's a big mystery of what, is it a disc, is it a, a cigar, on and on and on. But we're talking about sober people that have actual experiences in their lives they're very disruptive to their lives and that's where the detail is for me scrape everything right off the top any sightings of lights in the sky i pay very little attention to it at all but now these accounts where you get to go back in and there's much more details to extract from that that's where the real work needs to take place and there are a lot of people out there that don't want you to bring up these old events but there are a lot of people that are still that had these experiences that are still looking for validation. They're they're waiting for other people to put the scrutiny to it. Again, if, if there's content out there, that's where I feel like we need to be looking. What about just basic education then? In, in, introductory stuff. If you're starting a site for amateurs that are new, 
are you going to be approaching it where you ask them, well, what is ufology to you? What is a UFO in your mind? Are you going to try to contribute in a way that helps to stabilize the foundation? Because what I see is when a lot of people come into the arena who don't have the experience or haven't done their homework, they all have their own ideas about what things are or how it should be. And it's not necessarily that well formulated. Well, because there's so much opinion content out there, right? You know, it's, it's about reminding people that their footnotes, their sources, I don't want to shut anybody down. That's not going to be the intent of creating a platform for amateurs, et cetera. The intent is to help them as they go down the road. And hopefully we'll have a forum component as well. And there'll be some cross-pollination potentially with the Paracast. So, you know, the idea here is to just help people get better oriented in a time of so much junk information. And then, of course, for yourself, that means you have to be fairly well informed yourself, especially if you're going to be doing the interviews. So remind us again, how long have you been in the field yourself and interested in the subject? As far back as I can remember. <laughs> as far back as I can remember. So I mentioned the last show about some of the, the rumors that were going around when I was growing up um, in Minot, where you know we had all the missile activity, and we talked about the... Um, the nukes and UFOs stuff a little bit last time. We don't need to go over it there. That's kind of where it really started is that, you know, I was in this environment where these things were literally getting reported in their local newspaper. So um, pretty much as far back as I can remember, Randall, um, you know, there's anyway, I, I have some personal things. I'm not ready to talk about them yet, but um, you know, everybody has some experience that helps propel them forward. And some are much more detailed than others, of course. So it's a little bit of mix. And I would call, I would say kind of the usual mix for people that make it this far into this subject matter. What would you say would be uh, sort of an essential reading or introduction to the subject from your perspective? You've, you've been in it for pretty much all your life, lifelong interest kind of thing. And uh, uh, you're in your are, in 40s, 30s? Uh, yeah, 40s. 40s. Okay. Yeah. So, that that's around the same as what Yovav from our, our you know our last guest. He's uh, and uh, and so you can see there can still be quite a wide range of uh, knowledge absorbed uh, by people even into their forties. So, and I'm not the I haven't read all the books out there. I'm not Tom DeLong, you know, just because I read all the books, so to speak, and I know everything about it. And that's that's the exact opposite for me. I'm on a very specific you know sort of self journey. Because what motivates me is not all of ufology. I have this narrow lane I like to stay in. So a lot of the archives that I've gone into the last few years when I've decided to take this most seriously are Linda Bolton Howe's files, for example, at Earth Files. She, that information is, um, well, it's, it, everybody has her opinion on Linda, but she has a lot of interviews and a lot of transposed, you know, um, interviews and videoed interviews, et cetera. So I like it when I can get my hands on actual interviews. Um, now all the classic books have been out there forever and there's more, I mean, look, Nick Redfern's got another book coming out as we learned last week on MIBs, I think, and one on, on Roswell, et cetera. So the content keeps pouring in. Um, but at some point there are so many books that they are, circle referencing each other one book they'll pick up the other book they'll reference each other and then it's kind of like what's new here we got more to come mark gene randall you're in the paracast 
Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Marijuana has unleashed a green gold rush across our nation. It's creating $10.8 billion in new wealth a year. And every day, it's transforming more and more Americans into millionaires. In an historic event, former Speaker of the House John Boehner reveals how you could become one of them. Join him online for the American Cannabis Summit. Attendance is 100% free, but space is limited. To secure your spot, text JOIN to 76280. This event is the first of its kind ever. John Boehner and an esteemed panel will reveal which cannabis stocks are primed to deliver life-changing windfalls in the weeks and months ahead. Plus, they will show you how to become a cannabis angel investor, backing the hottest startups before they potentially become worth billions of dollars. To join American Cannabis Summit, text JOIN to 76280. Attendance is free. Text JOIN to 76280. Text JOIN to 76280. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. If you owe money to the IRS, you need to hear this. The IRS is cracking down on those who owe back taxes. It starts with a devastating letter. And if you don't act immediately, you could find yourself having your wages garnished or have a lien placed on your property. But there's a solution. Tax 10,000 can help. Avoid enforced compliance, where these holds on your income and seizure of your home could become a nightmare that just won't end. Call 800-239-9957 now and speak to one of our experts. 800-239-9957 is the number to link you directly to a tax resolution specialist who will negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. Working through the IRS Fresh Start program, all the forms will be handled for you. All you have to do is make the toll-free call. 800-239-9957. Find out if you qualify and possibly save yourself thousands of dollars, not to mention a lot of headaches. It could be the best call you've made today. That number again, 800-239-9957. The service does not provide tax settlement or legal services. We will refer you to a company that does provide such services. Often the IRS will not agree to any reduction in the amount owed. Not all taxpayers who owe more than $10,000 will qualify for a tax reduction program. No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. So before you do this or this... 
Make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811. Brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Forgive the term, but it's almost an incestuous relationship where one book or one researcher reinforces the other. And quite often, well, this person wrote this and that story gets quoted in another book or article. And a person like Kevin Randall, though, he kind of chases the sources to try to find out what is the original information about this. Well, Gene, I'll ask you, while we have the opportunity, give us your top five books that you feel like if um, amateurs today were getting into the field, What's that top five reading list? And can you uh, create some continuity between each of those efforts? You know, I can't because I don't know that I have a favorite UFO book. Things like UFO Encyclopedia, things like uh, Passport to Magonia, things like Mothman Prophecies, things like The Silver Bridge from Gray Barker, more allegorical than factual, things like that. But I've never sat down and said, you know what, this is my favorite book over and above anything else i've never done that believe it or not i'm more which is that funny which which book gene would you consider to be has done the best job at encapsulating where we think we are on the topic today ah, is there one i don't think there is okay i don't think there's a book that encapsulates it i think in terms of just having information about UFOs and related subjects, something like the UFO encyclopedia from Jerry Clark would do. But the problem is it's priced beyond the reach of most people because it's fundamentally a college textbook in the sense of the way it's situated and the way it's priced, which is unfortunate. Well, let's look at some of the the free options. Let's go back to Yvonne. Let's take this all the way back to Yvonne, you guys. What contribution is Yvonne making with UFO today, what do you think the value is uh, beyond just being able to look up case studies? Um, Randall, do you have a perspective? I haven't visited a site, but let's bring it back to Yvonne. How, how, what kind of level of contribution are efforts like his doing for us? Well, Yovov, he was someone I thought we should bring on just so that he could uh, promote his site which actually is there not so much for him to go out and promote his thing but he's providing of what he calls a platform for other people like us to be able to go there and say what we want to say put out the information we want to put out there even do some cross promotion and to me it seemed very constructive and that Largely, the quality of the site is going to be determined by the content, and the content is going to be provided by the community. One of the points I had to make, well, if, if we've got anything to complain about in terms of the content, then we, uh, we only have ourselves to blame if it's not there. It's, uh, you know, he's been very constructive in putting it out there for us. It doesn't cost anything to, to do. We just have to see where it will go. On, on the books... What I would say is, well, 
essentially, if anyone had to read just one book to get started, you've got to go back to the report on unidentified flying objects by Edward J. Ruppelt. And that's on the USI site. You can read that for free. I think you can even download it. And you can find the odd copy in used bookstores if you try real hard. It's getting more difficult to find now. But there's a book from a person who was actually employed by the Air Force to investigate the subject back in the day before the Internet, when the information that was out there came from actual pilots and people that he knew in the military. And I, I know people are tired of hearing about Kehoe, but he had military contacts in the Air Force. Gene, you probably know a little bit more about that than I do. But the books that he wrote were very good. The books Frank Edwards wrote were very good. The UFO Experience by J. Allen Hynek. That's where we get our close encounter categories from. You've got to do your essential reading to get your sort of UFO 101 knowledge down before you can. I think really make a coherent comment in, in terms of what's going on in ufology, even today. If you don't know what a CE1 or 2 or 3 is, I mean, how are you going to communicate what you mean? And I think that most folks, at least my observation was be, most people that are into ufology, or I'll just call in the UFOs, for lack of a better uh, description of their, the, the more, the lighter approach to the subject matter yet they would never know what a CE-123 was, you know, and, and that's why I think that that's part of the problem today, too, is that there's so much talk about just objects in the distance and UFOs and not any of the real content today. I think that makes up 95% of the content on the Internet is just speculation about opinion, about speculation, about opinion. So maybe that's part of us getting reoriented in this field as the generations move forward with this topic and this mystery, et cetera, is we may need to go back to books or audiobooks or something. And, and maybe we need to start promoting that because I just find the content online so thin that it would took me many, many, many hours of you know sifting through this stuff to identify those sources. Now I will say when I finally found the Paracast and I had the ability to cherry pick the episodes you've archived, Gene, it made my life a lot easier. And you know, you're getting firsthand information from the sources you know i look for a great deal of promotion for me in terms of the paracast as i move forward because as a resource it was so important to get oriented now recently i'm just looking at some of the headlines here to talk about what one of the headlines that came out is 10 flying objects people have mistaken for ufos so here we just were trying to come up with say top five books uh, how about you guys? What are some of the 10 things you think are mistaken for UFOs? And let's see if they're on the list. Mark? Reflection. You know, I just go to this, the, the junk folder for me is all the flashing lights off in the distance. So there's your usual suspects of uh, municipal civilian objects floating in the sky, all the way to reflections off the inside of windshields, inside of camera. I mean, there's just so many things that things off in the distance or shimmering lights or UFO things acting weird could be. You know, I think the field has done a good job of identifying the usual suspects there. Okay, um, that's pretty good. Reflections, believe it or not, that's not on the list. How about hmm. you, Gene? Obviously, test aircraft. Yes. Number one, okay. actually, some of the top three, we had the B-2 Spirit Bomber, the SR-71 Blackbird, and the F-117 Nighthawk listed right at the top of the list. 
aircraft, basically aircraft, very commonly misinterpreted as UFOs. Yeah, aircraft would have been actually my number one in terms of an actual object. The, the test aircraft, man, you talk about a whole nother industry of speculation, right? Breakaway civilization, a sector of our community being 30 years more advanced in terms of the technology, specifically uh, military application technologies, etc. Um, if that's your passion, there's plenty of material to go down and you will no doubt run into the cases, Randall, that you're bringing up about how these aircraft were um, responsible for some of these more famous sites. Now, let me be very specific for a moment. What do you guys think of the Phoenix sighting? Major, the last major sighting we had, in my opinion, was the Phoenix lights. We'll answer it maybe in the next segment. Mark, Gene, and Randall, you're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full-body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNLife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNLife.com. For USA Radio News, I'm Wendy King. It's now the longest government shutdown in U.S. history. The president and Democratic leaders locked in a stalemate over border wall funding. GOP lawmakers are even breaking from the strategy, suggesting they should reopen the government and have the committees work out how they should address the national security concerns separately. Some of them are saying declaring a national emergency will just get stopped in the courts. Lawmakers are passing some relief legislation for the 800,000 federal workers going unpaid. The bill was just passed, which I will sign in Congress, making sure that everybody's going to be paid immediately upon... Uh, when this is over. The union that represents air traffic controllers has filed a lawsuit suing the Trump administration for withholding employees' pay. You're listening to USA Radio News. Are you tired of high cable TV rates? Sign up for Dish today and get a $500 bonus offer while supplies last. Plus, lock in your price for two years guaranteed. Call All-American Dish, your Dish-authorized retailer now. 800-610-5739. 800-610-5739. That's 800-610-5739. Offers require credit qualification, 24-month commitment, early termination fee, and auto pay. Restrictions apply. Call for details. Every hiring manager knows that a company is only as good as the people it's made from. So where do you find the best people? That may surprise you. Meet the grads of life. 
Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. This is talent worth knowing about. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Introducing Reveal from GCNLife.com. Beverly Hills dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman invented Reveal, which contains polypeptides with natural botanicals and no parabens, sulfates, silicones, or dyes for a salon-quality hair growth product, Reveal. Here's Dr. Newman. I have treated a lot of patients who lose their hair and they lose their confidence. We've created a unique set of polypeptides, which we call HPT6. The HPT6 contains the polypeptides from six different plants. The scalp infusion treatment should be used on wet or dry scalp. The Reveal Hair Care System is designed to be used for men and women alike. Get Reveal at GCNLife.com with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So try Reveal today at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Plus a discount up to 25% off for Reveal at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. This is Micah Hanks of the Gray Alien Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Aha, the Phoenix Lights. Now, that's an interesting thing here, where allegedly there were two different sightings, one of which may have been flares the other of which may have been something really, really weird. Now, I was here in the Phoenix area, in Scottsdale then, when this all went down. And for lots of reasons, such as I was kind of out of the field at the time, and I was writing technology books and magazine articles, I was otherwise occupied when this all happened. So I didn't get to see it. You know, probably if I just looked out the window, I would have seen what people see. But we also have people like Dr. Lynn Kitai, a medical doctor. And she has made, I think, something mystical out of the Phoenix Lights and has ascribed more to it than the case might have deserved. And, of course, we can't forget the fact that Governor Fife Symington, the discredited former governor of Arizona, a couple of governors, found themselves on the wrong side of the law, although he was pardoned by Bill Clinton for many reasons. So talking about he brings on somebody wearing an alien suit. Mm. And we learn later on that, you know, he did that to be politically correct, but he had his own sighting and he accepted the possibility that UFOs were real. But at the time, you know, he played up the normal conventional wisdom that UFOs were wacky. So if there's anything to Phoenix Lights, it's the original sighting, not the flares. I'll go with that. But what about Stephenville, Texas? What about O'Hare Airport from the 2000s? Hmm. Randall, can you fill us in on some detail on those cases? Well, I know that we had, again, returning to Yovav, he uh, alerted us to a movie. It's sort of a docudrama with Gillian Anderson in it to, uh, that, that kind of surrounded the whole O'Hare incident. And that's a pretty interesting one, for sure. The one in Phoenix, well, the Phoenix Lights, the whole sort of making fun of it if I'm recalling correctly, the governor had said, well, people were taking it very seriously, and he didn't want to be 
responsible for instilling any sort of panic about alien invasion. So he thought, well, you know, how can we inject some some sort of levity or comic relief into this? And what happened is it just backfired on him in a really mm-hmm. negative way. So I don't think it was his intent to make people feel marginalized or, or embarrassed about reporting, but it just didn't work the way that he was hoping it would. As for the the videos, well, the, the ones where you see the lights slowly descending behind the mountains in the distance, that, in my mind, has been successfully debunked. Those were some kind of flares that were being dropped. The reason is that there were people who went out during the daytime to the exact same position where those flares were being filmed at night and took a daytime shot and then superimposed the daytime imagery over the nighttime landscape where you could see very clearly the edges of the mountains in the backgrounds and you could see perfectly as as soon as those lights got to where those particular points were they just disappeared behind the mountain there was nothing in there to connect them they weren't moving in unison like people were saying And that video has, in my mind, been completely debunked. Now, I don't know about the sightings where people say that they looked up and they saw a very large mothership-sized craft go overhead that blocked out the stars and then silently moved off into the distance. I can't speak to the veracity of those reports because we have no video. We have no other evidence other than people's, for lack of a better term, eyewitness reports or stories. So do you think that that could have been a test aircraft? Do we have the technology to build something like that, in your opinion? Oh, sure. We have the ability to build very large, lighter-than-air, perfectly silent craft. And there's some really interesting types that have been constructed. I think Russia's got the largest one now, but they're just lighter-than-air craft. They're like blimps, but they're shaped differently. And they use them for lifting huge pieces of material up to do construction work in some places. Uh, So we certainly have that technology. What we don't have is the technology for something like that to, say, float over silently to the witness and then suddenly go from 5 or 10 miles an hour to 25,000 miles an hour. Hmm. I I haven't come across any reports of the Phoenix Lights where that was actually uh, a situation. It's always, it was very slow. It moved over top of the, the witnesses and then off into the distance. It didn't just suddenly accelerate and streak off out of view. Hmm. Now, that would be much harder to explain. Yeah, I agree. What, just out of curiosity, Randall, what are the other four most commonly misidentified objects as it relates to potential UFO sightings? Well, in the article I was just uh, looking up there, well, we had uh, satellites balloons, paper lanterns. Come on, you guys. I mean, <laughs> drones. Okay. And well, one of them was interesting. Now, the satellite one, I've seen plenty of satellites. And if you've gone outside at night into a darkened area, it's chances are it doesn't take many evenings of viewing to catch one go by. But one of the th- ways that they describe these particular satellites is that up there, there are arrays of satellites that move in unison with each other. So when they go over and they're reflecting light at just the right angle at night, you can actually see several of them all moving together in the same direction. 
And that can give the impression of a larger single craft kind of thing. So uh, that was kind of interesting. Well, that is interesting. And all this is reinforcing, for me at least, uh, Mr. Beckley's approach to the treetop level down. It just seems like there's a lot more answers to be found um, when you're not trying to research things in the sky and, and you're actually taking it to the uh, the witnesses or the experiencers or for that matter, you know, people have had uh, you know, stories told to them from loved ones, et cetera. You know, the truth seeking at, at the human level versus truth seeking through speculation or disclosure to something to that effect, I guess, uh, would be my point. Just seems like everything we've talked about is so speculative it's just chasing your tail you're never going to get anywhere it's not where the research needs to be done people need to go in and validate some of these experiences sure it doesn't hurt to talk though theory i mean some theories are better than others some opinions are better than others uh are you one of those people who believes that everybody's opinions deserve equal weight because some people are we had uh i think erica luke's on i asked her you know do you think everyone's opinions should be given equal weight and she she tended to say yes how about you no and i don't want to offend anybody but there are a lot more people that have backgrounds or experience or some sort of confirmatory um experience in their life where they can speak to things like um you know military aircraft um uh you know so no there, there's subject matter expertise that for, for me can heavily influence the, the amount of weight I put into, um, you know, speculation or a story, et cetera. Okay, so we've still got a couple other uh, things that are mistaken for UFOs that I'm just going to leave out there. I imagine that our audience has probably already got a couple of them in their, in their lineup. But if you guys uh, happen to think of them between now and the end of the show, just uh, pop them out there. And otherwise, we'll come back to them a little bit later. Real obvious ones we haven't uh, touched on yet. I think that anything that you can see in the sky, obviously the stars, planets, etc., can be considered a UFO. Obviously balloons. Stars, planets, absolutely. Astronomical phenomena up there. Uh, stars and planets, definitely. Top of the, also up there at the top of the list, Gene. Meteorites, of course. And there was your other ones. You got the last two. Uh, back in Project Blue Book days, 14.2% of sighting reports were deemed to have been of an astronomical nature. You know what? And we're going to have an astronomical phenomenon if we don't do our break. Randall, Gene, and Mark, you're in the Paracast. listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. 
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. Hi, I'm Dr. Bill Deagle, MD, AAEM, ACAM, A4M, of Nutramedical.com, and a consultant providing email advice free on advanced protocols for your optimized wellness and advanced technologies to heal and regenerate you. You can contact us at Nutramedical.com, that's N-U-T-R-I-Medical.com, or 888-212-8871. You get free email starter protocols of our top medical-grade nutraceuticals, initial testing and recommendations for your own primary doctor to do, as well as recommendations to give you an idea of a consultation and a full protocol to try to help you regenerate your tissues, heal naturally without the use of toxic polypharmacy. I can send test kits to you as well anywhere in the world and provide you recommendations for referral of specialty clinics worldwide. So contact me, Dr. Bill Deagle, at Nutramedical.com. That's nutrimedical.com or 888-212-8871. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Mark Jackson is TDSR in the forums. He explained what that means. 
So I won't bring it up. I think the Project Blue Book report is very important because it shows us the fact that only a small percentage, and it was higher in Blue Book, only a small percentage of cases are unknowns. There are so many things that can be mistaken. Certainly, I'd say the vast, vast majority of those UFO videos on YouTube were just lights in the sky. And no matter what they may have seemed to be visually, by the time the camera gets in action, you don't get those details. True. Very true. I did account for right out of some of the Blue Book files and that for July 1960, 30 of 62, what they call good sightings, these are sightings that had a sufficient amount of information determined to determine what the object most likely was. Out of those 30 of 62, that's, that's almost half of the reports were attributed to meteors. And only three were classified as unidentified. But that's still significant. That means that they had enough information in their report to be able to rule out these other things and say, well, essentially, it boiled down to some kind of alien craft. Because when you rule out everything else, what have you got left? You know, the Project Blue Book phenomena uh, with the launching of the History Channel um, series, I think it's this week even, you guys, is it's going to be a really, well, it's going to be a double-edged sword for ufology. We're going to get a lot of, um, I would suspect, a surge in interest. And, you know, that'll probably be tracked across various websites, et cetera. But, you know, people will take that like those are facts in there. And so I, you know, I, I, I would imagine there's going to be a surge in sort of um, folks go revisiting those old, those old cases, essentially, I guess is where I'm going with that. So maybe some of these old cases will get more scrutiny from the current crowd, so to speak, and we'll maybe glean some insight. So all things Project Blue Book um, in 2019 uh, seem to be a good thing for ufology, in my opinion. Yeah, I hope so. Did you watch it? No, I haven't seen it. I think one episode has come out, but I know that a full six episode set was uh, pre-distributed to a number of the different um, uh, podcasts and uh, personalities, et cetera. So they had a chance to watch all six episodes ahead of time. And, and so far, everything I'm hearing from uh, that pre-release is all very good things. Um, so now, we'll the see. First, I, I saw can't wait part- to watch. I saw part of the first episode. Now, they have this military officer played by Neil McDonough, a guy with, you know, kind of light, very light blonde hair. And you've seen him as a character actor in loads of movies and TV shows. The problem is that I saw him as the villain, Damien Dark, in Arrow and... Legends of Tomorrow. So seeing him as a supervillain, it's hard to accept him as a military officer. Just pointing that out. The first 10 minutes or so of the show, to me, were by the numbers kind of show. But again, I haven't seen the rest of it. That's just the first part of the pilot. The show is about 45 minutes plus commercials. You can actually watch it from the History Channel. And that's a big exception for a lot of these shows 
because some of them require that you log in with your cable or satellite provider's password first. So you can't see them otherwise if you don't have one of those accounts. This one you do. So it's definitely worth watching. I will have to see how this actor who portrays J. Allen Hynek does. In a very different way, it reminds me sort of of the Project UFO TV series from Jack Webb of Dragnet fame. He was interested in UFOs, evidently. That, too, they kind of used real cases as the source material. But I recall the show as being ambiguous about UFO reality. Let's go on. Yeah, that wasn't too bad. We've got a, a few comments actually recently on our forum here about that show. And, uh, you know, Han, he says, uh, you know, this is a brilliant show. And our one of our other regular participants, Creepy Green Light, he says, yeah, agreed. Thought it was pretty groundbreaking considering the years in which it aired. And then, of course, we've got W.W. Kirk, and he alerted us to this new show. And uh, Doppelganger, he thinks that uh, the first episode was pretty good, and he's in it for the long haul. Now, that's pretty good for a new show. I mean, I haven't heard that much enthusiasm uh, in a positive way on our forum about almost anything <laughs> recently. So, uh, you know, that's uh, encouraging, if nothing else. I'm hoping that a lot of the, um, the folks that I am currently and will be reaching out to to help some of my personal research will get enthused by you know shows like Project Blue Book, and they'll put a little extra effort into my requests, et cetera. So you know, for me, just peaking interest uh, across such a large cross-section of the population, I, I think is going to make things easier in 2019. Social acceptance on some level, I guess, and, and uh, that always... It's uh, it's a boom and bust, right, in terms of interest. So hopefully some good things in terms of research will then piggyback off some of this enthusiasm. Yeah, it's hard to say, but I think there's enough public awareness out there about it now. It's a matter of sifting out the signal from the noise, so to speak. And that's what we try to do here on the Paracast. It's not always easy, as easy as we wish it could be. But if we apply critical thinking and we look at the most likely scenarios, and this goes back to what I was saying about, well, not all opinions seem to carry equal weight. There's reasons why some make more sense than others. And I think we really need to instill that sort of thinking in the general community. So fine, it's okay to suspend our disbelief to enjoy a television program. I used to do that regularly with the X-Files. I was a big fan of that show. And then you could enjoy the allusions that they make to real-life ufology. And I think we could probably do the same with this new show. It allows us to escape for a while into the possibilities of what could really be there for those of us who are really interested in the subject. You know, I guess the rest of the people who don't care, they can just go out and enjoy a golf game or whatever it is that they like to do, hang out at the, you know, the beach and watch the seagulls or I, I i'm not really sure i know there are a lot of people they just don't care i think if it, even if it was real they wouldn't care it would be like well how does that affect my life hmm. what keeps you going at this randall what what's what what's your passion or, or what makes you keep per, you know pursuing the truth so to speak because the truth hasn't been found yet and that's just the way that i am i'm a truth seeker so i'm always trying to figure it out 
And this is, I've heard other people, veterans in the field say the same thing. They you know, say Dolan, for example, he got into it thinking he would be able to well, pretty much figure this thing out within a few months, write a book about it maybe, and and then move on from there. And he, now he's, you know, look where he's at with it. He's turned it into a full-time profession and is publishing books by people on the subject now because it still fascinates him from the time i was young to the age that i am now at 60 we still don't know where these alien craft are coming from all we know is if well if we've seen one we know they're real but we don't know where they're from and it, it represents to me something that is beyond I guess what, we, for lack of a better term, our mundane daily existence that provides some hope for the future, that there is something more to know, more to learn, something really incredible in terms of our place in the universe. And that doesn't matter to a lot of people. This was really one of the things that I found kind of almost hard to accept is that, well, what, what if it turned out that it really was real? You can talk to, and I've talked to quite a few people who they wouldn't care either way. It's just like, well, okay, well, UFOs, no big deal. You know, how does that affect my daily life? Is that going to change the way that I drive to work? Well, of course, we can do a large discussion about the possible impact of the revelation that we are being visited now by creatures from another planet. I mean, you have to look at the implications. We can go into that in a lot of detail. So I'm kind of disappointed that some people really don't care about it. They go about their business. And this may be what really will happen if there was this disclosure people are aiming for. Most people would say, nah, okay, let me change the channel and watch something more interesting than that. Mark, Gene, and Randall, you're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive PowerCast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the PowerCast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.thepowercast.com, store.thepowercast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the PowerCast. You go to store.thepowercast.com. Stop by and take a shopping tour. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. Do you have a family? Would you like to help make sure they'll be taken care of if anything were to happen to you? If you answered yes, you probably need life insurance. Now, do you think life insurance is expensive? If you answered yes to that, too, you definitely need to give AIG Direct a call. We could find you a quarter of a million dollar policy for just $14 a month, which means you could save hundreds of dollars a year. 
Call us now for a free, no-obligation quote. 1-800-919-5435. Since 1995, we've helped millions of people find out if they could save up to 70% on their term life insurance. See how affordably we can help you protect your family. Call AIG Direct now for your free quote. 1-800-919-5435. You could save up to 70%. That's 1-800-919-5435. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now... Here's Gene Steinberg. So indeed, how does the revelation about UFO reality or potential reality impact your daily life? Does it really? Well, not now the way it is. If the aliens come down and make themselves available for all of us to see, I think that's going to be the only way it's going to really impact people. I mean, I don't know. For all I know, one of the, you know, a, a craft could come down over a golf course, and all that would happen is the people would be going like, you know, get out of the way. I'm trying to hit my ball. This damn ship is in the way. There's some people that just are so <laughs> thick on this that it just uh, it, it boggles my mind. I'm firmly in your camp uh, in terms of my brain just simply cannot put this subject down. It's the puzzle of all puzzles. And you mentioned Dolan there. And I getting into this, I had a silly notion myself that I was going to be able to get into this and find some sort of bearing and, and be able to navigate the subject. And it's just further from the truth. I mean, it's the gift that keeps on giving, Randall. Absolutely. Well, Friedman is another one. We've all listened to Friedman. And if you're new to the field, for those who haven't, go look up Friedman. And he's got. Uh, a whole lecture that he does that he's been doing for years and he tells how he got started in it with the same sort of idea oh this seems like sort of like nonsense but it's kind of interesting and then he got himself uh, well the report on unidentified flying objects and project special report number 14 and once he started looking at the information and the data and that people were taking this seriously he became hooked and now he's about ready to retire and it's pretty much retired out of the field but he still does talks but we're talking about someone who's been how long gene you know 30 40 years or something i was looking here at the number of episodes friedman has appeared in on the paracast and i'm kind of adding them up in my head he's been on 14 times most recently last april of 2018 this was about the time he retired from active lecture tours i think he was doing one or two more and that was it i haven't heard much from him since then his website is still active the problem i have with stan i mean i like him i've known him for many years is that he's reduced his ufo presentation to cliches cosmic watergate you get the picture right yeah well yeah and if you've never listened to stan it's fine for the first few times but after that, you realize that, you know, that's his, he's got a standard format and that's just what he goes with, which, which is okay. It's a great introduction to the subject. Nothing wrong with that. No disrespect there. You know, someone else I really like actually, who is a little bit newer is the red pill junkie. 
What do you think of him, Mark? I listen to every, every time he's on the show, you guys, if I see that Red Pill is going to be on there and make sure that I don't miss it. He has some unique perspectives, and I think that's what the field needs is more unique minds looking at this and coming up with more novel and unique explanations for some of it. But no, I appreciate him as an individual and, and, and just that uniqueness and individuality that he brings to the subject matter. We need more of that. And Greg Bishop. I'm not as familiar with Greg's work. Um, I certainly know who Greg is, but I'm struggling to figure out, I'm trying to think bottom line right now, what is his bottom line on the topic? And it's it's escaping me. What is Greg's (laughs) bottom line on it? Right. Well, he's talking about a UFO co-creation theory, which appears to involve a collective unconscious and our individual participation in what we see. Right. Yeah, that's kind of Greg's thing right now. Although I think Greg might himself say that, well, he, he's not committed to any particular thing. He just, and that's why he likes this co-creation thing, because it doesn't attribute the phenomenon to, to any particular thing. He said, well, it could be that there are actual aliens coming here, but that doesn't explain everything. And he's right, because so much of the subject is actually cultural. So we have all these cultural expectations or what Christopher O'Brien used to call cultural front loading that goes on with it. And more and more every year. Right. I mean, that's the problem is that, yeah, we're people are getting so front loaded as the, as the industry grows. We're talking about an industry here. So one of the, the things that I need to be careful of, I, I always think about this and I would encourage other people that just get in the field. Remember that there is an industry built around this information, and you've really got to put the blinders on to the industry um, as you're going to move through some of this content. You know, the, the blue space chickens and, and uh, man, some of the crazy stuff that's out there, you guys. <laughs> What's the craziest um, thing that's out there? What do you figure? I mean, I, I, what do inter- you call Randall, interdimensional beings. I just, I can't, it's... I just think it's the biggest bunch of speculation for the best word I can think of, but interdimensional traveling beings um, is I, I'm, I just, I don't even like to talk about it. Frankly, I just think it's so far, so, so far out there. Um, I think that the mysteries of the consciousness, as we talked about a little bit last time uh, I was on the show represents, you know, that was going to shed a lot more insight when we start talking about experiences of in what we think are interdimensional beings is most likely a, a function of, of the consciousness phenomena. But um, no, to, to strictly say that there are things blinking in and out of this, this universe is by far the most outlandish thing I can think of. It, we got talking on a fairly recent, recent show um, about the idea that there is uh, what I call fringe ufology. And w- that's where we get out into the way you're, you're saying, well, we've got dimensions. And d- dimensions are, from my perspective, to be differentiated from other universes. Yes, other universes would have other dimensions, but they would still, of necessity, still have to have the same three that we deal with in spatial terms. But dimensions themselves, yeah, that gets into nonsense. But, Abductions are a possibility, but then you get into the whole galactic brotherhood kind of 
thing. And to me, the, that sort of thing is really getting out there into fringe ufology. Where does standard ufology or mainstream ufology or serious ufology end and fringe ufology begin in your in your mind well you're you're hitting right on the head for me and that's why i'm focusing so much on these personal accounts um where people find themselves in a position where they feel physically threatened by an encounter with a supposed extraterrestrial that is where the rubber meets the road for me and that's why i focus on it um there is so much there in terms of the situation, uh, the person. I believe these people had an experience. Now, was it aliens? Well, that's why I'm running down the hospital records to see if anybody was shot with a 22 gunshot wound, because, you know, it may have been a prank. You know, who knows what was happening out there that day? So, you know, that's where the attention needs to stay, in my opinion. I don't know if I'm answering you correctly, but I would stay away from all the other speculation. I'm focusing, at least for myself, on these very personal encounters that have a great deal of detail to them. Not just these random stories, you know, where I was driving, I had lost time, et cetera. However, some of these stories do have elements of that. In fact, um, I brought up the Paul Miller case earlier where there were actual MIBs that came and visited him. Guess where he worked? Out at the Air Force Base outside of Minot. And so there, you find some of these other fringe ufology uh, memes or, or some of these other uh, components or residual, uh, you know, sort of um, phenomena that accompany ufology. But it's these personal encounters. Again, you guys, these people had these experience and there's a lot of detail. There's a lot of detail to go over. So, yeah, for me, I can handle a little bit of fringe that accompanies some of these these personal encounter cases. Um, but I try not to take too much of that with me, um, at least in my research. Let's do our break here. We've got Mark Jackson, TDSR in the forums. And he told you already what that means. What that means to us is with Gene and Randall, you're in. The Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Marijuana has unleashed a green gold rush across our nation. It's creating $10.8 billion in new wealth a year. And every day, it's transforming more and more Americans into millionaires. In an historic event, former Speaker of the House John Boehner reveals how you could become one of them. Join him online for the American Cannabis Summit. Attendance is 100% free, but space is limited. To secure your spot, text JOIN to 76280. This event is the first of its kind ever. 
Boehner, John Boehner, and an esteemed panel will reveal which cannabis stocks are primed to deliver life-changing windfalls in the weeks and months ahead. Plus, they will show you how to become a cannabis angel investor, backing the hottest startups before they potentially become worth billions of dollars. To join American Cannabis Summit, text JOIN to 76280. Attendance is free. Text JOIN to 76280. Text JOIN to 76280. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Normal blood pressure, naturally. How would that make you feel? I'm Don from New Mexico. Uh, January of 2000, I had a heart attack. Uh, Then my real health began going downhill. I had high blood pressure, diabetes, poor vision. I wasn't sleeping well. I was a mess. Don reports dramatic improvements with heart and body extract. I started taking heart and body extract from within a few days. I started sleeping better. My blood pressure normalized. My diabetes normalized. My sleep improved. Experience these benefits and more when your body heals itself with the assistance of heart and body extract order at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305 that's hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305 and folks i did not expect this at all by the seventh eighth and ninth day i saw dramatic improvements from taking heart and body extract heart and body extract comes with a 100 ironclad money back guarantee details at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305 for heart and body extract this is George Dory from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNLife.com or call 1-844-443-6637. GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Actually, that is the TDSR is the technique that Randall uses for his echo chamber. Other than going to the Abbey Road Studios, and going into their physical echo chambers back in the 60s, back through time. What about time travelers? Seriously, Mark, do you think there's any way we can travel back or forth through time? Or do we get into all those paradoxes and crazy stuff? Boy, I don't think so, guys. Not, not for me. I'm, I don't think time travel is a, you know, is a thing. I don't think it's occurring or anything. I don't know if it's even achievable. I, I know that there are some a lot of speculation of uh, mind experiments, et cetera, where physicists are saying that this is possible. But, um, uh, you know, I don't, uh, I don't believe in a gene flat out. Um, I think it's craziness, to be honest with you. How about you? I mean, that's a, that's a big topic there, but I'll just cut myself off because I just don't believe in it. Well, you know what? I tend to think that time itself may be an illusion. 
and therefore maybe we could do it. But then I think of that movie Somewhere in Time where Christopher Reeve and Jane Seymour fall in love with each other from 75 years apart or something. And he wills himself to go back through time mentally, which is kind of a wild fantasy. And of course, we have the Time Machine, the classic H.G. Wells novel that's been made into a movie or TV show several times, where he goes into the far future and sees mankind decimated by this evil race that reminds me of the Deros, right? I can't say it's impossible because who, who's to know? We don't know what we're going to develop scientifically 10 years from now, though we have an indication. We speculate on what's going to happen in the 23rd century because of Star Trek. But we don't know. We don't know what we'll right. have a thousand years from now. If, if well, time is an illusion, then where do we go from there? Don't even get me started on, on temporal mechanics because you know, it, it was even beyond her. And of course, in Star Trek, they have the temporal Cold War. And okay, it makes a great plot device, but it's really not possible the way that people envision it in these sci-fi plot lines, at least not logically. Like I'm with the Vulcan Science Directorate that has determined that time travel is not possible. You know, how many of the UFO narratives are about aliens coming from the future to warn us about things? Where does uh, time travel play in to some of these more um, enduring stories? And I think the one that's coming to mind for me, you guys, is the, the alien who spoke 90 languages, blah, blah, met with Eisenhower, whoever. So he's like this famous individual. A lot of lore surrounds him. Um, do you know who I'm talking about? His name was... Um, he was supposedly an alien that visited Eisenhower. You guys right, it's tweaking story. my memory, but I don't recall the story right off. Valiant have Thor. Yeah, right. Valiant Thor. So was Valiant Thor from the future? What was his deal? And what, what's, you know, what was the whole message to Eisenhower supposedly, you know, surrounding enduring story? Gene? Valiant Thor or Val Thor is from Dr. Frank Strange's. So this was a name that they just gave him. This was the name of the alien that Dr. Strange is allegedly encountered. But then again, Gene, like you've made this point in the past, just because some alien comes down to Earth and says, oh, you know, I'm an alien and it becomes obvious to us, oh, they really are an alien. Well, that experience could be very overwhelming to the point of where people just for a time at least take it for granted that what the alien is saying must be true because after all, if you know, it's true that aliens can exist. Well, wow, you know, why shouldn't it be true? What he's saying to us? Or, and I have a problem with that. I think that we need to subject the claims of the aliens to the same level of critical thinking that we subject ourselves to and say, okay, you know, prove to me time travel is possible in any way, shape, or form. And then we can talk about, you know, what it is that you think we should be doing. You know, so many of the encounters, you guys, seem to me like, uh, the aliens are just sort of tiptoeing around and they don't want to be seen. You know, they're kind of like they just do their dirt and disappear. You know, they uh, they have this agenda and sometimes they get busted by people. You know, it's like they have this rich life on Earth as long as they can avoid us. And then every once in a while, there's these encounters where we encounter them. And from what I can tell, they're just as scared of us as we are of them. 
at least in terms of the research I've been doing the last couple of years. So I'm going to continue to follow that because that there's there's something in that that is yet to be unpacked, you know, and that is, you know, we startle them. They're scared of us. There's a I don't think anybody's ever really did a comprehensive look at the way that the aliens actually behave to us. And that's, that's a kind of a side comment to what you're saying, Randall. But anyway, it's important. Going. I think that's a really valid point. Say if we take it as a given that they've been coming here for a long time and that some of the alien ancient sightings or reports are actually true. There were ancient aliens. Well, back in the day, we sacrificed our, our livestock to them because we deemed them to be gods and so far beyond our capacity. Well, back in those days, if those were aliens, they didn't have a lot to worry about. You know, move ahead to post World War II, and suddenly we're developing nuclear weapons and jet fighters. Oh, maybe we're not quite so ready to sacrifice our, you know, our daughters and livestock to them mm-hmm. for whatever purpose they might have. And so they should rightfully be cautious, at least take measures, defensive measures against us. And, and they do. They try to, for the most part, stay out of range and beyond our ability to acquire material evidence that we can analyze in science in you know in a laboratory not simply social sciences or the soft sciences but hard material evidence mm. i mean they allegedly they did also take a, a shot at a ufo over the great lakes i believe or near the great lakes a piece fell off the craft and was supposedly retrieved and that was analyzed, and it was supposed to have all these little tiny microspherules. I think they said it was of magnesium. So, yeah, it's interesting. We, it's not like there's never been any physical evidence, but it's just that we don't have it in, a, in any place where we can see and actually follow the chain of evidence or where it came from to the degree that we would need to to be able to convince others that it really came off of a UFO. Well, of course, again, we come to the point of, are the aliens here to deceive us? Are they here to help us? If they are here to help us, E.T. is feckless because it's accomplished absolutely nothing. All these people saying we've talked to E.T. and they're here to help us rather than to harm us. The Space Brothers want us to join the Brotherhood. Well, calling somebody a farmer in Podunk, Iowa, nothing to offend those in Podunk, Iowa, is not going to help your galactic efforts. It means that you're a bunch of idiots. Do something to prove that as alien creatures, you have the power to enforce something and you what you claim to be. More to come with Mark, Gene, and Randall. You're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. 
hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. For USA Radio News, I'm Wendy King. It's day 22 and the partial government shutdown is now the longest in U.S. history. The president is again threatening Congress. If they can't do it, if at some point they just can't do it, this is a 15-minute meeting. If they can't do it, I will declare a national emergency. Congress is now at recess for the weekend. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says she still blames the president for the continued shutdown. It's a needless crisis that is inflicting pain on the American people. The president has spent the past few days highlighting what he sees as the security and humanitarian crisis at the border. About 800,000 federal workers missed paychecks on Friday. Many of them tweeted pay stubs that read zero dollars. You're listening to USA Radio News. There's no question you need omega-3s. But which form should you take? Fish oil or krill oil? Scientists have debated this for years. Luckily, there's a new solution to satisfy everyone. It's called Krill Omega 50+. It combines ultra-pure fish oil and joint-soothing krill oil together in just one tiny pill. It's so powerful, it can promote the health of your heart and your arteries. And if that wasn't enough, it can also boost your joint comfort in just days. We're so sure Krill Omega Omega 50 Plus will work for you. We'll even send you a free bottle to put to the test. The debate is over. It's not fish oil or krill oil. It's both. And now it's free. Just pay $4.95 for shipping and claim your free bottle. Call now. 1-800-399-6392. 1-800-399-6392. That's 1-800-399-6392. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. And the IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how did it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. (laughs) I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... 
Take Jake's advice. Give Federal Tax Management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the Federal Tax Management Hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800 503 8625 800-503-8625. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the podcast the gold standard of paranormal radio. So now that I've called the aliens feckless, will the men in black come after me? Hmm. Yeah, maybe if we try name-calling you aliens. Nick Redfern will probably give you a heads up on whether or not you're crossing the line with the MIBs. Have you ever encountered anything like that yourself? Any uh, sort of mysterious people or beings or what is your take on the idea of like timothy good you probably have heard of him right uh well-known author there's another one of the books actually the uh beyond top secret by tim good Uh, fabulous book you know he believes that they're actually among us and that they can communicate telepathically now tim good i this was a real shift for him from my perspective, who I had thought was fairly mainstream, stick with the stories, the reports, analyze the reports in an objective way with a with a critical mind. And then he's kind of, I guess in some people's minds, almost like gone off the edge with this whole idea that they're here, they sp- can speak to you telepathically and so on. I, I, is there a tendency for people in the ufology c- community to start off more or less mainstream and sensible and then as they run out of material and saying the same thing over and over and over again they have to keep creating more fantastic stories in order to maintain their audience's interest we had tim good on the powercast some years back the book was above top secret i'm going to look up the date we had tim good on the powercast twice with david biedney january 13 2008 and December 22nd, 2013, where Chris O'Brien was with us. On that episode, he indicated that he was favorably disposed towards the claims of George Adamski. And I was inclined to freak. What? What's happened to this guy? It is yeah. so obviously fake, Adamski. Not that he didn't have some kind of weird experience and couched it in sci-fi terms. But I wondered how. Could you have descended to that? I don't know if it's a matter of falling off the wagon, needing to come out with better claims, or something that changed his attitude. But I don't think it's a common thing. I think it's just being a being caught up in that industry, as I call it, right? I mean, that's just, I, no, I don't. Look, it would be really interesting, and I'll entertain it for a moment. Okay, there's aliens walking among us. How, can, can I believe that? Is there an analog for that? You know, well, if they can cross space, you know, and build advanced technologies, you know, it, there is a possibility that they're going to be able to disguise themselves in a way where we might not be able to tell. So I could see that there's a, a you know, if we're going to assume things and makes, you know, and, and string them together. Yeah, it's if, if you're going to go all in on it, why aren't they here? You know, if they've been studying us for thousands of years, be pretty easy to mimic, you know, what we do. Genetics give us the uh, uh, the background or the lens by which we can look this through, where certainly we're doing genetic uh, testing. And of course, we all know that 
abductee phenomena involves a lot of genetic uh, claims. I mean, there are people out there that they themselves think they're part alien, which is um, a fascinating, fascinating study in psychology, of course, for me. Um, But yeah, we get to the point where there are literally people on our planet that claim they're half alien. So where does it end? Like in a physical sense, too, by their DNA. And there, there have there has been an attempt to try to isolate the the genetic blueprint of those people to see if it is actually possible that, that you know is there some physical marker there that would lend credibility to that claim but then we have other people like you said aliens among us well i if i recall correctly that was actually the title of a book by a psychic named Ruth Montgomery years ago and that gets into the whole idea of uh things like walk-ins and this the the spiritual for lack of a better term side of things where people are well it's almost like channeling except they're saying well the spirit of the alien actually goes in and takes over who they were and they become the alien themselves you know to me this is getting way out there in fringe ufology how about you? Uh, that's fringe ufology for me. Um, there's a gentleman, I want to say his name's George Green, but he's the one that channels and writes all these uh, books. He's channeled three different books um, in about what the message is. And, and that, I think that was a phenomenon maybe in the late 60s as well, where you know they were communicating across vast distances of space, telepathy with us. And that made for a bunch of good, good sci-fi. But um i you know there's there's definitely well look even like tesla and einstein we everybody always drops their names because they were remotely inspired for lack of a better term meaning they didn't know where exactly the information was coming from whether it was in daydream form etc but there are some very intelligent people that have said that it's almost like i'm getting a message from somewhere in the universe and i'm just simply writing this stuff down and they're having these very large um uh, these very large ideas in deconstructing concepts and coming up with these grains of truth in these states that allow us to actually make technological advancements so i mean again that's coming right from the person now mystery of the consciousness psychology drugs who knows right so but i mean look we have actual cases for that and those stories have led to advancements in our society in one way or another. So you can't dispute that phenomena. But uh, now you can, can we dispute really differ- what it was. Yeah, can we really differentiate that from, from uh, well-known examples of, say, just inspiration of the human mind? But there was another, uh, you know, getting sort of linking this to uh, popular culture and, or sci-fi. There was a movie called K-Pax. Now, uh, this starred Jeff Bridges, who had also starred in another movie called Starman, uh, in which the government was, he played the part of an alien and he was getting chased down by them. So there we have another example, not too different from the day the earth stood still about an alien being chased down by the government. That was Starman. Yeah. John Carpenter directed that film. Yeah. And Uh, I think Jeff Bridges may have been nominated for an Oscar. But the key here is he possessed the body of a woman's dead husband. Right, got which his, was freaky. Uh, 
genome from his hair sample or something, I think, if he comes in and he finds this little hair, you know, this ball of light comes in and and scans this hair sample of DNA and, and becomes a human being out of it. Of course, he struggles to learn things about us. At the end of the movie, he says that she's pregnant with his baby. There was a TV series, short-lived, in the TV show, playing the gentleman who was an airplane, who played the pilot. He plays that character coming back to meet his son. Again, it's kind of like the fugitive motif where they're after him. With K-Pax, we don't like to mention the main star of that movie being Kevin Spacey. But they well, leave it. He's a fabulous it, actor, nothing else. They leave right. it at the end of the movie with a big question mark is, was he an alien or just some wacky guy? Well, that's where they, this sort of walk-in thing that this brings us back around to where we started, that this idea that the sort of the spiritual or the consciousness of some alien can uh, come into our bodies and manifest itself as a, an alien consciousness that's capable of communicating. Well, of course, that's possession, too, to some degree. we got more to come with Gene, Randall, and Mark. But first off, let me remind you about something we haven't talked about on this episode so far. That's the Paracast Plus. The Paracast Plus is a way that you can get this show free of the network ads with better quality audio. We also offer the fabulous After the Paracast podcast, where you never know what's going to happen next. If you want more information about how to sign up and prices start at just $1.49 a week, go to plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com. You're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First game, Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. 
Anytime, any place, anywhere. Radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Standing up for what's right. Helping out when things go wrong. Seeking the truth and speaking our minds. Not just making records, but breaking them. Leading the way behind the camera, beyond the runway, and on the silver screen. Not just making our mark, but making a difference. Now that's a job for a Girl Scout. Girl Scouts, preparing girls for a lifetime of leadership. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. Analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Bacon lovers, we ship free. Try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Savory and delicious. Wholesale price for your everyday use. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Now, the concept of Stargate SG-1, thinking of alien possession, has these serpent-like creatures called the Gauld, and they will possess a human. And they have distinct personalities. It becomes one of the aliens when it possesses you. So that's another way of of having that happen. You know, interestingly, I know that there was a lot of effort. I'm not sure if this is where contact in the desert came from. I think you guys will be able to straighten me out uh, for the listeners here. The origin of that, wasn't that a bunch of folks going out in the desert, basically camping out there and sort of psychically trying to communicate with the aliens and put out a, a mental message into the universe, sort of like an antenna for them to pick up on, letting aliens know that, you know, we were open, or at least this group was open for them visiting and they were seeking contact, et cetera. So that's sort of in that same vein of of using uh, mental projections, I guess, or or some sort of uh, mind-to-mind contact 
Is that right? Well, it also mirrors the classic George Adamski case, where he supposedly meets E.T. Orthon, wearing the silvery suit, like Michael Rennie and Daily Earth stood still, except he has long blonde hair, so he altered his appearance. He was supposedly witnessed by five people, but they were so far distant from him that they really couldn't see anything. But as far as he claimed in the book, Flying Saucers Have Landed, that he had these eyewitnesses to prove what he said was true. So that's possibly the original contact in the desert before anything subsequent to that. Yeah, that's how I seem to recall it, too. If it, I, I think that was way back when um, Art Bell was doing Dreamland was the first I heard of it. And yeah, someone was claiming that they had been in some sort of mental contact with the aliens. And then it kind of grew from there to the point where they were going to go out as a group and actually have this actual contact in the desert. And now, of course, this has become an annual conference type of thing where people go. And of course, no aliens came down. I think you're right about that, Mark. People that take the field seriously, you know, that are active and et cetera. I'm wondering how many other of us ufologists have a moment, at least I've had this moment where I kind of say to myself, well, I haven't really opened myself up to the universe to the point where I'm necessarily welcoming an experience with aliens. But I think that there's a threshold that once you mentally cross over that, that I think inherently you lose some of your capacity for skepticism because now you're almost wanting these things to happen to you. So in terms of like, I guess to put this into something where I could identify with it to mentally try to connect myself with the phenomena beyond what I'm doing today is not a threshold that I've mentally been, I even felt it necessary, but I haven't, that's not where I'm coming at this from. I'm not putting out the signals to the universe that I want to see UFO or um, I think there's a gentleman in Louisiana or something, some preacher that can summons UFOs at will by thinking about it or something. But and that's an extreme case or example. But no, even individually, you know, I'm not sending out signals to space wishing for an experience. I would also worry, Mark, if you open yourself up to some kind of experience, whether some force that really doesn't have your best interests in mind will come in there and say, I am one of the space brothers, but they are not. Yeah, and lots of, there are so many, so much of the content in the industry today is full of people that open themselves to these experiences and they want to have them. And I just think that's dangerous ground. You know, again, you're, you're, you're kind of stepping both feet over the line at that point versus being grounded as you sort of look at this field, um, et cetera. Uh, Randall, how about you? Do you open yourself to the universe? Are you looking for an experience or are you kind of good just seeing the way things unfold? Well, I look up a lot. Yeah. Pretty much whenever I walk out the door, I'll have a look up and see what's going on in the sky, uh, whether it's daytime or nighttime. I like to keep an eye on the sky, identify things that are up there, uh, even if they're mundane. So I have an idea about what's going on so that if I do see something, I can go, well, that's not like anything else I've seen. I believe Christopher O'Brien would be one of the first to agree. You know, if you want to see a UFO, then get out there and start looking up. Yeah, I totally agree. We, in my family, we do a lot of just stargazing, something that was developed early in age living in rural you know, United States is that light pollution was so low that, man, you could have some star-filled nights where you, you, you see all kinds of stuff. And there are times as a child, I remember laying on the beach, et cetera, camping. 
looking up at the the clear sky and man, I remember seeing some weird things. But then again, you know, you're young and I don't remember, you know, I don't trust all of those memories, but there is a lot going on in the sky once you start paying attention to it, particularly today with microsatellites, geosynchronous satellites you brought up earlier, Randall, the way that they move in unison or relational to each other. Uh, There is a lot going on in the skies. And that's just it. Uh, How can we even tell nowadays whether or not some sort of phenomena isn't something that we've created ourselves. And if you've got some high-tech government project that sets about to intentionally fool people, say some sort of psyops test or something like that, then I don't think that we could tell the difference anymore. This is what really sets apart modern ufology, well, I should say late modern ufology from early modern ufology, back in the 40s and 50s, they simply didn't have the technology required to to create some sort of a adequate hoax, so to speak. Someone could figure it out or go, well, it's possible we could have made that. Or they could go, no, that's impossible. We don't have the technology to even create a fake. Now we do. I don't think we can be sure anymore unless the aliens themselves come down. I'm in that camp with you too. I feel like we're technologically advanced to a point where telling, you know, being able to discern a real sighting today, it's just so difficult and I'm so skeptical about it. Again, that's why I keep going back to some of these experience things is where I, I put my interest because, man, it just, you just don't know this, the compartmentalization of the government, the advancements in other countries that we have no idea what China, for example, has developed that, you know, recently they've been spotted with electromagnetic rail guns on some of their flagship Navy vessels. Well, we had predicted they wouldn't be able to have that type of deployable technology until 2030. And, and they're, they're 10 years ahead of what we thought they were. Now, that's maybe in the general public. Maybe there's someone at the Pentagon that knew that they were they're well ahead. I mean, we have no idea what other people are up to, unfortunately, right? And that's just making all of this so much more difficult to navigate. We're not sure what the sort of technology is out there, but we know what sort of technology could be out there because we know, for example, that holographic laser technology exists and that they can make them appear pretty much anywhere they want them to. If they decide that they want to make some alien craft look like it appears over a city someplace, they could probably do that. The only way that we're going to know whether or not it's real is if it actually lands and we can go up to it and examine it for ourselves. This has been such a fascinating discussion, taking us into many interesting realms. By the way, next week, Linda Godfrey, the woman who writes those books about monsters or monsters, will be here on the Farrakast. Mark Jackson, your new site, can you tell our listeners where to find it? Yeah, if you go to the deepspacepod.com, and you'll find it there. There's, like I said, there's just a little infrastructure for now. But um, in 2019, this is going to give a platform to a lot more amateurs, I guess, is for the word we'll start with. And then we'll see where we end up at the end of 2019. Deepspacepod.com. Sounds like Deep Space Nine, doesn't it, folks? You can find us on Twitter. Look for the Paracast. You can definitely find two Paracast fan clubs, a community and a group on Facebook. Don't know what the difference is, but there you go. You could also find our second radio show after the Paracast. If you join, 
Only if you join the Paracast Plus. For more information, check plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com. In addition to the After the Paracast podcast, where you never know what's going to happen next, we offer a version of this show, the Paracast, free of the network ads. Better quality audio. You can't miss. Learn more. Plus.theparacast.com. Mark Jackson is TDSR in our forums. Thank you for joining us on the Paracast. Thank you, Gene. Thank you, Randall. Looking forward to a mysterious 2019. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast. <laughs>